Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Messy Wall Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Matt, with Pastor Adam. I am here too, as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is our. This is my farewell tour. Farewell tour. This is <laughs> yeah. the last one Matt's hosting on, at least for right now. Right. He'll uh, be the backup. <laughs> he's, been, he's been demoted to backup quarterback. I did my, call you Kurt, Kurt Warner yeah, a long time ago. I guess ago, I'm so. retiring. This. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be back though. Yeah, this is the last one. So we're wrapping up uh wrapping up a series. Yes, we are. We're the series you can think like Jesus thinks. This is episode one eighteen. The last characteristic of our series. Yep, the last one. So we've been we spent all this time. This is eleven episodes worth of um getting our minds right again and going back to the fact that uh you can actually if you're a Christ follower, you can actually think like Jesus thinks. Yes. Um not just learn it and apply it but actually do it, not just hear us say it or read it in the Scripture and go, let me go try this. Of course you can do that and you should, but it's bigger than that um, because you have the mind of Jesus, um, because he is your Savior and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, you can actually think like he thinks. And so we've been doing is looking at the ten characteristics of a person who thinks like Jesus thinks. And yes. to do that, we have to look at, oh, how does Jesus think? And so this is the last one. Man, we've hit a bunch through this whole series. The one that we just did last episode was I Want to Do God's Will, Not Mine. That one was a great episode. Yeah, you should go back and listen good. to that. Um, but this is the last one. And so the last characteristic of a person who thinks like Jesus thinks, that person would say and live by the mindset of I think with an eternal perspective. That's good. Like My mind is focused on, set on eternal things. That's the perspective that I bring is I'm not thinking just earthly and temporary. I'm thinking eternal. So this is the idea of a mind like Jesus is thinking outside of temporary. Mm-hmm. Right. So outside of just here. We, we kind of talked about this, didn't mean to, on the last episode a little bit by talking about, you know, not having our time just so fixed on, on you know, this world right now. Like, work and live and get to retirement, right? Yep. And that's like the pinnacle of your life. Instead, it's, no, we've got, um, on average, 78, 79 years here on this earth to prepare for eternity. And so it's doing things while we're here, mindset of while we're here, that is focused on what's actually eternal, what's actually long-lasting. You know, like like we'll give, we'll give some scripture today, not much. We've got one that we'll do, but um, it's like when Jesus talks about, you know, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin cannot destroy, right? Yep. Um, it's this idea of I'm not working here for here. Mm-hmm. I'm working here for there. I'm working here with an eternal mindset, a bigger perspective. And so when we think like Jesus thinks, we have an eternal perspective that is driving what we do, what we say, how we act how we deal with harsh situations and problems and stuff in this messed up world we live in. Um, It's an eternal perspective, how we raise our children. We're thinking eternity wise, not just get them to 18, you know, Mm -hmm. which by the way, doesn't work anymore because you got to get your kids to like 28 now or something crazy like that. So um, (laughs) very true. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. It is bizarre to me, um, bizarre to me that we live in a world where 
these some new stats just came out recently, and I'm going to butcher them, so I'm not giving you official stats, but um, that the that the vast majority of adults in America are helping their grown children up until age 26 at the tune of about $1,800 a month. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. That is crazy. Right? Helping subsidize rent and health insurance and paying for bills and all this stuff, like for grown people. Like it blows my mind um, that we are in this sort of delayed adulthood phase, right? Um, I'm not saying that everybody should have been a full-blown adult at 18 or anything like that. I mean, people mature at different levels. Yeah. I'm just saying that, come on, man, mid-20s, Let's. Yeah. what are we doing here? So I, know. Um, I don't know why I said that. What the heck I was talking about? Why did I, why did I even go there? Um, I don't know. I don't even know why I brought that up. So hopefully it makes sense, <laughs> whatever was said prior. Um, anyway, it's just this idea of thinking outside of the temporary. There is an eternal perspective here. Like we're not living just in this world. You get, you get 78, 79 years, right? Um, that's it, if you're lucky. And we don't want to just be prepping for the last 10 or 15. We want to be prepping for eternity. And so we have this eternal mindset. Jesus clearly has this big picture mindset that is in much more regard to eternity. If you take all the nine characteristics we've done so far, all of them point to the fact that he has a bigger perspective than just this earth, right? Like last week's God's will is not his knowing his purpose in life, knowing his identity in life. All those things are rooted in God, which means they are rooted in eternity. When we root ourselves in God, we are rooting ourselves with an eternal perspective Yes, because God is eternal. You know, he was before all things, is in all things, after all things, like he's always existed. Nobody created God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's just there. And so um, God, God, time is not a thing with God because it's all encompassing. And so yes. if we're rooted in God in any way, any parts of our lives that are rooted in the Father, um, in, the, in the Godhead, then we're rooted in eternity by nature, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just having this eternal perspective. So it's got to be, if you're marked by this, if you're going to have a man like, mind like Jesus, you've got to think outside of the temporary. Yes. It's, it's a bigger world than just here. And that's not just temporary in, um, you know, the totality of your life on earth like I was talking about. Like it's you got to think outside the temporary of today, of this week, of yes. this month, right? And it's hard for us to do. We, we get so sucked into, oh, well, here's what today is. I'm just trying to get through the day. I mean, how many times have we said that or felt that way? Just trying to get through this day. Yeah, a lot trying of times. Trying to get through this day, right? Trying to get through this day. That's a very temporary focused thing. Um, or, or the individual acts of the day. Like, just trying to get through work. Come on, five o'clock, right? Oh. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. I don't know. Um, you look you know, forward to the weekend every right, week. <laughs> right, looking forward to the weekend every week. Like, that's so temporary mindset. Yeah. Instead of having a bigger eternal mindset about those things. Like, for example, instead of... I go to work to do a job to get paid so I can do my life and, and provide for my family or whatever it is. It's I go to work every day because God has created me to be a worker yep. and he's given me these opportunities and he has something bigger in mind with every moment of my work day than me earning a paycheck. Yes. So we need to have the same eternal per- perspective. Like, like me being at work today, there's going to be all kinds of little things that God's using with that work day in a bigger way than just me getting to the end of it or me 
paying my mortgage at the end of the month, mm-hmm. right? Like my interactions with my coworkers, the 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 way in which I reflect him at work, the glory I give to him in doing my job well. Like there's some of some of you need to really lean into this because you you don't do your job so that it reflects well on your boss. Yes, that's part of it. But if you do your job well where it reflects on God, it will automatically reflect good on your boss. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's good. And so you got to have a bigger mindset of just the temporary things, not just your total totality of your life, but in the individual moments and all those things. And Jesus clearly lives this out. Like everything is with an eternal perspective. Because um, at the end of the day, at the end of the thing, this, this thing, this thing ends yeah. here. You know what I mean? It ends here. And it depends on where you subscribe to um, or how much time you tend to focus on end times related things. Uh, Some of you believe wholeheartedly that it's going to be pretty soon, that the writing's on the wall. I tend to be in that camp. I've never really been that kind of guy, right? Yeah. Like I study Revelation and all that stuff, but it was like, hey, I got a church to leave. Well, we, yeah, got people, we have people need Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> it's not that it's not important. It's not, but, but, you know, the last 10 years or more, yeah. maybe a little less, I've started to focus more on, hey, look, it ain't going to be much longer before Jesus cracks the sky. You know what I mean? Like it ain't going to be that much longer. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Nobody knows the time. It could be not much longer. It could be another thousand years. I don't have any idea. I'm just saying it sure feels like it. And so, um, this this thing's gonna pass away, mm-hmm. and you came into this world naked with nothing. You're gonna go out the exact same way, and so this life is so temporary. Which, by the way, is a driving thought behind almost the entire human condition to go. There must be more than to this than this world. Like you know that the vast majority of people believe that, right? Yeah, the vast majority of people believe. There's got to be something else. There must be something. They may not know what it is. They may be uncertain about it. You know, they may be believers and still have some uncertainty about it. I'm one of those. Like, I'm a believer and I have, I, I believe, but I still have a lot of uncertainty as to what's yeah, coming next. You know what I mean? It does. And, and we know some things about heaven, but we don't know a whole lot. And we know some things about uh, the judgment and hell, but we don't know a whole lot. Yeah. We know some things about, um, about, uh, crowns and rewards in heaven we don't know a whole lot you know what i mean like it's just a little bit of stuff um and so you may have some uncertainty about it but the vast majority of the world is questions there's got to be something else even people that i and i have been at bedsides of full-blown i do not believe in the existence of god at all atheists which by the way there's not that many real atheists i've been at their bedside as they die and in those moments they go back to there's got to be something else than this yes you know so there's this eternal perspective that's just there and it's it's part of the human it's part of the human condition if you and i were made in the image of god um then it is baked inside of our dna you know what i mean like baked inside Mm -hmm. of our dna to know and and that there's something bigger than this yes that it's not just these however many years we get on this earth and so this thing is going to pass away, and I think that everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Deep down in your soul, everybody knows it. Yeah, that this thing is going to go. It's going to be gone. And, and I came in naked. I'm going to go out naked, right? I can't take anything with me whatsoever. It's going to be gone. Um, I did an offering moment a long time ago, 
um, this was not at Union. This was before this. I was a youth pastor at the time, and I was at a church, big church in Durham, and I, I got asked to do the offering moment that day for the adult services. Um, in offering moments, they're they're tricky, right? Matt, you do them every week, yes. right? They're tricky. <laughs> offering moments are tricky because you you're gonna um, you're trying to convey to people that offering is not about paying light bills at church. It's about life change, right? Yep. You're trying to convey to people that offering, that ties are worship, that this is an act of worship. Yes. And so the reason that it's in the church service itself, even though the vast majority of giving now comes in digitally, right, throughout the week. Yeah, that's true. Right? Throughout the week. It's still a moment in the service because it is, a, it is part of our worship, you cannot have full, total, authentic worship without giving. Mm-hmm. Can't have it, right? So it's got to be there. There's some key components of what worship looks like, and giving is one of them, right? It's a way that we honor God of the abundance that he gives us by giving back to him what's his and giving above and beyond and sowing into the eternal perspective. Yes. And so you're trying – offers are hard, right? They so are. you're trying to convey that. And you also bake in announcements and all that kind of stuff to sort of give people time to prepare their offering, to to utilize connect cards, digital way, whatever it is, right? Yes. You know, you, 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 <laughs> yeah. you had to, you've been thrown to the fire. <laughs> how many offerings do you think you've done in the last year? Uh, well, I'm, I'm having Sundays. <laughs> Since At least I've 52? Been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed a few, but... You've had a few where you, um, you've had a few where you have preached and so somebody else has done the offering, yeah, kind of yeah. thing, right? Um, but you've done a lot. A, a campus pastor, um, Matt's a campus pastor. For those of you who don't know, a campus pastor role is a hard role because you're not going to be the primary teacher, but you are the primary shepherd for those people. And so those people have to get to know you and and respect your authority and follow your lead when you don't get a chance to bear your soul in front of them and them know you deeply because you're preaching sermons to them all the time, right? Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. So a campus pastor does a whole lot of offerings and tries to use the offering moment for the, those very reasons, right? You have to, you have to, you have to create um, authority in who you are and what you're doing in a very short amount of time. So I'm trying to say, so yes. offerings are hard; they're tricky. <laughs> so you got this whole thing you're setting up. You're trying to always give this perspective of eternity, right? Because it's, it's not about paying light bills. It's about life change. It, it's not about storing for yourself up treasures on earth. It's about storing for yourself treasures in heaven. Yes. And when we give to the mission, when we sow into that, the church itself is able to do so much that comes specifically from that giving that roots us in eternal things. So you're trying to do that in offer moment. So I had this offer moment a long time ago, and I was trying to really convey it. I had this idea. So this is how I did the offering. I did the offering. I come up. I tell everybody we're going to do the offering, right? Because you got to tell them this is coming. And then you do some announcements and stuff so they can get ready. And then you got a teaching moment that's in there, a small little teaching moment. You just got just a second to clarify mission, vision, tie giving in to something that makes more sense than just, hey, give your money, right? Yeah. And I had this idea. So I do that. I come out and do the offering thing. And in my arm the whole time is uh, a Monopoly board game. The box, right? <laughs> Wonder where this and is so going. People, right. So people are looking at it the whole time while I'm talking. Like, is he going to get to that box? Why's that box on his arm? You know. And you tease it out long enough to where they're really quick. They're like, okay, get on with it. What's the box? What's you bringing that box up for? And so then I talk about. It. I'm. I take the box. I got it in my hand, 
and I open it up and I say, everybody knows the game of Monopoly, right? Everybody knows it. Almost everybody's played it, right? I mean, it's a probably the most popular board game that's ever existed, at least yeah. in American culture. Everybody knows Monopoly. Some people love Monopoly, like my mother-in-law loves Monopoly. Some people like me hate it because <laughs> it takes forever. Yeah, it would be fun if you could cut the time down by like eight hours. And you never know. <laughs> like you could start off playing it and you think, okay, we've got two hours. There's plenty of time. And then you don't. Like and it takes forever. And you have to take a picture of it or put it down and close it up or write down where everybody is because you got to resume it again, you know, two days later because yeah. now it's 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. right. Everybody knows Monopoly. You either love it or hate it. And so I get the Monopoly game out, and I'm like, look, everybody knows Monopoly. Here's what happens. You get the board out, and you go through life. And you buy your properties, and you when you pay, get your paychecks and you avoid going to jail right? mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can you know and you pass go a couple times which is called payday so you can yes. collect two hundred dollars right and <laughs> if you don't pass go don't collect two hundred dollars and and so you're doing all that right and, and you get your house and you put your little house on your little piece of land and some people are blessed enough to buy a park place and some of us are sitting on baltic avenue like me <laughs> um the purple ones and you get your house and then you may have some investments and you may throw up a hotel or two or whatever and it's awesome. And at the end of the day, at the end of the game, guess what you do with that Monopoly game? You close it all back up in the box and throw it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And that's life. Yeah. That's life. That's good. At the end of the day, we go through this world and we do these things. And at the end of the day, we're gonna, it's going to close all up. It's going to go back on the shelf. And naked, you're going to walk around this world again. The houses, the paychecks, the time you spent going around, you know, whatever. It's the same thing with the game of life. Olivia loves the game of life. It's the same thing. Game of life is, is you go through there and you decide at the beginning whether you're going to go to college or you're going to take a job and you pick your little cards and then you go through and you may get a kid in the car, you get married or you don't get married and kid in the car or whatever. And you buy a house and you buy a car and you have some life accomplishments as you go through the game of life, right? If you ever play that game, yeah. you go through and you know, like you win an art competition or you invent a new thing or, and then there's some crap that comes along too, right? Yeah. A tree falls on your house <laughs> and you didn't buy the insurance. And so, and you get all the way to the end of it and it's like you retire either at Shady Acres or <laughs> whatever it is, right? Like one of them, one of them feels like you retire at the trailer park or you retire at the, you know, retirement amazing mansion building. <laughs> And then the end of the game, guess what you do? You close that mug up, put it back in the box. Yes. All them little people, them little pink and blue people, they just go naked right over there in the box. With all the, Everything passes away, is mm-hmm. my point. Everything passes away. That's good. And in that offer moment, I was saying, look, th- this is what it means to think with an eternal perspective, that you are not just storing yourself up treasures on this earth that are all going to fade away. Yes. Including your reputation, including who you are. Like, how many of us are going to be remembered 100 years after we die? None of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might be lucky to be remembered 15 years, 20 years after you die. Yeah. When the people that knew you and walked the earth with you no longer are on the earth either. You're probably not going to be remembered very much. You might be referenced occasionally by your grandkids who knew you when they was 10 years old. That's it, right? But, you know, you give it, you give it 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and nobody's going to know you. So it's mm-hmm. not just your stuff. It's your reputation that, that it goes back to the earth. It's done. It's yes. over with, right? 
And so you get like, why would we have as Christ followers? Why would we fight or not fight against having a, a temporary mindset? Why would we fight to have that? Why would we want to have that to begin with? Because it's going to be gone in the end. And so Jesus gives us this example, man. Not, he doesn't just say it. He lives it. Yes. This eternal perspective mm-hmm. of there's something so much bigger. And that's the mindset that we have to have following Jesus. An eternal perspective helps us withstand the pain that comes in this world. Yes. Because you are going to you're going to have pain. If you listen to this and you are young, get ready. Because mm-hmm. you think that you've got it figured out. All right. Young people listening, I know I was like you too. You think you got it figured out. You think that you're going to graduate high school, and then you're going to go to college, and you're going to do well, and you're going to get the job that you want, and then you're going to find the man or the woman that you're supposed to marry, and then you're going to have 2.456 kids, and everything's going to be perfect. It ain't going to be like that. Mm-mm. It's not going to be like that. Nope. Life is going to hurt, and an eternal perspective helps you withstand the pain in this world. A temporary perspective does not. No. A temporary perspective will make you quit, will make you question absolutely everything. An eternal perspective helps you walk through that pain because you know that this is just temporary too. Yes. This is just, this is just temporary. Is. Any hardships I face here is just temporary. And, and there has to be a bigger perspective on the horizon. Like think about a, think about a mama uh, in childbirth. They're carrying that baby knowing that when it's time to deliver, they can't do nothing about that time, and it's going to hurt like something awful. We said this on a podcast a couple times. If if men had the babies, there would have been one. Yeah. And everybody would have found out about it and been like, nope, no thank you. We're going <laughs> to die out over here. <laughs> the Dalton clan's going to die out. I'm not doing that. I saw what happened to Adam. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, but women know what's going to happen, and in the moment of that, like, they push through it. They push through the pain because it's bigger than the here and the now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there's true. something bigger. There's something more important than the pain that I would deal with here. And that is a great example of if there's an eternal perspective of something bigger, you can walk through hard stuff in this world. Yes. If you are struggling right now with walking through the hard stuff, I would tell you, go back and listen to last week, you need a bigger view of God. Yes. But what you also need is a bigger perspective, mm-hmm. an, an eternal perspective. Like our perspective ought to be, even though this is the perfect mind of Jesus, because this is what you're going to see Jesus do. Our mindset ought to be, I could walk through hardship every day of my life because this world's temporary. Yes. And there's something bigger coming. And I can hold on and I can cling to and I can keep my eyes focused, right? Keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the perfecter author and perfecter of our faith, keep our eyes fixed on eternity. Yes. Your eyes fixed on Jesus are eyes fixed on eternity. Mm-hmm. Right? That Because that, that's where he is, by the way. <laughs> He's yes. already there. Your eyes fixed on Jesus is your eyes fixed on eternity, and that will help you walk through any amount of mess in this world, even the things that are just heartbreaking to even discuss, even the things that should not happen to human beings. There are stuff that you, some of you have dealt with or are dealing with that I couldn't possibly understand. Nope. And they should not have happened, and it should not go down that way. But if you keep your mind focused with the mind of Jesus, and you can have this mindset, you can have this eternal focused mindset because the Holy Spirit's living inside you, and he is eternal. Yes. And so you keep your mind focused on Jesus. You can push through and heal through, and some of this stuff's not healed until until everything's perfected. 
you can push through it if you have an internal perspective. And so yes. you need to increase you your internal perspective as much as possible. Um, and I think the way we do that is we look at Jesus constantly. Like one last verse we've got for this whole series, and we'll wrap up. This is um, Hebrews 12, 2. Now, this is, this is amazing to me. This is probably – this is one of my favorite verses of all yes. time. Um, anyway, just read it. Hebrews 12, <laughs> right. 2. All right, this is the writer of Hebrews, probably not Paul, by the way. The writer of Hebrews – this is what he says about Jesus. Look at Hebrews 12, 2. It says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and per- perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. So the first part I just quoted a minute ago, right? We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus through all hardship, everything in this world, through good things, through bad things, through everything temporary, we're going to focus our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter. He wrote the book. He started it. We didn't write it, right? He wrote it, and he's the one finishing it. He's the perfecter of the faith, right? So the ways that he, he's, he's created it in us, right? You and I do not have the – we don't even have the ability to believe without him giving it to us, mm. right? We don't even have the capability to have faith without him giving us the capability to have faith. Yes. The ability to. And so he's the one starting it. And then he's the perfecter of it. He's the one that's finishing it. So even if, even in this sense right now where we know our faith's struggling, like we know we're not where we need to be, we know we doubt, we know we have questions, we know we've got all kinds of things, right? I'm admitting mine too. He's perfecting that. He's the one that's going to that's finish it out. Um, what did he do? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Mm-hmm. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. For the joy set before him, he walks before. So in other words, Jesus is heading to the cross. He's on the cross, and he sees something in the future, the joy set before him that's greater than the pain that he's going through. He sees something eternal. And that that joy set before him on the cross, it's you. Mm -hmm. It's you. It's you in eternity, internal fellowship with him. That's what he has. Because what does he have? What does he not have on this side of the cross that he will have on the other side of the cross? The only thing there is you. Yes. It's you. And so Jesus is going, I have you in eternal relationship with me as my priority. I have me at the right hand of the Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above all names, that every knee shall bow, right? Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like I am preeminent over all. I have that eternal perspective in the future. I have the perfecting of uh, my children's faith. I have the righting of all wrongs, the wiping of every tear away from our eyes, That's right? Good. All that stuff. I, I have those things in my mind, and so I endure the cross. Mm-hmm. I push forward. That's good. Jesus has an eternal perspective that allows him to walk through the pain of this world, pain that you and I cannot even imagine, not just the physical pain, right? the emotional pain, the spiritual pain. He has that level of eternal perspective, and you and I have the mind of Christ. We can have that eternal perspective too. You, if you ask God to to create in you, Holy Spirit, will you help me develop a hunger for um, being home, for eternity, for heavenly things? He'll create that hunger in you. Yes, he'll create that's really good. It's good. He'll create that desire in in that. By the way, that is one of the. You know, we don't know much about heaven. We said that earlier. We don't know much about the crowns. We do know there's one crown that 
is for those who have a heavenly eternal perspective. They're yes. in this world, but they all they're thinking about is there, there, mm-hmm. there. Getting in a full, right, perfected relationship with God. Like anyway, um, I think with internal perspective is a mindset of Jesus, and you and I can have that mindset because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Eternity, yes. eternity is already in you, mm-hmm. and you're already there. So ch- switch your mindset to focus on that instead of on what's temporary in this world. It is very easy to focus on what's temporary in this world. Yes. Really, really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, in and out, right? Just keeping the kids alive, just trying to get them to the next thing, just trying to get the bills paid. It is so easy to get focused in a temporary, and it will leave you dissatisfied and longing for something bigger because there is something bigger. Yes, very there much. There is something bigger. Very much. Anyway, I thought this has been a good this series. Great. We've hit a bunch of them, 10, 10 characteristics of a person who thinks like Jesus. We just did them all. I'm not recapping nothing. I'm tired <laughs> of talking, um, which I rarely ever say. So um, you guys check us out on the next one. We'll be kicking off a new series with our uh, new permanent host, Stephanie Lee, next week. That new series, I don't know the official name of it, but we're going to be talking about uh, the things I wish that somebody would have told me when I first started following Jesus. It's going to be good. If you are a new Christian, this series is right up your alley. Like, I wish somebody would have told me this when I was a new Christian. So if you are a new Christ follower, or maybe um, you're not new to following Christ, but you are newly serious about following Christ, same thing. you got to know these things. So we'll be talking about that next. Sounds good. I'm done. Perfect. All right, Matt, (laughs) we'll see you when we see you on the podcast. (laughs) Goodbye, you guys. (laughs) See you later. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.